The following podcast is brought to you by Radio Southland and New Zealand On Air. Radio Southland is a community access media station based in Invercargill, New Zealand. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website, radiosouthland.org.nz, for our contact details. Guess what? You're listening to Grinding Gears with Pete. Hey, Darren. Right here on Radio Southland 96.4 and Coast Access Radio Capity. Also on iTunes and Spotify, or you can just stream us on accessmedia.nz. And check out our Facebook page. Just search Grinding Gears. This week, we're starting with record speed camera tickets. Yay.
And Aaron. Radio South the 96.4 and Coast Access Radio Company. And New Zealand's highest grossing speed camera is near a quarter of a million tickets. Yeah, a speed camera on Wellington State Highway 1 Narrowaranga Gorge uh, is New Zealand's highest ticketing speed camera of the past 13 years. Yeah, police data covering January 09 to September 2022 shows motorists on the steep, steep 80 kilometre road were snapped. Over 239,000 times. During the same period, more than 3.48 million tickets were issued by stationary speed cameras nationally. Yep. Police have previously released uh, the dollar figures for speed camera tickets, but uh, in response to the Official uh, Information Act request, Inspector Mike Brooklyn said um, police did not have records as it was money paid to the Crown. In 2018, the top uh, 20 top-earning speed cameras netted 44 million in speeding fines. Now, Rangi Gorge, then was seventh on the list, uh, only had 27,665 tickets, worth two and a half million over. The top speed camera that year was the Great North Road through Camo and Northland, where 46,917 tickets gathered, 4.8 million dollars. New Zealand is reeling from a, a horror year on the roads in 2022. Uh, the 378 deaths among the worst since 2009. Uh, the years of 2017 and 2018 sadly matched uh, 2022 for deaths on the road. Ministry of Transport figures show. OECD report on road sh- uh, safety showed that speed camera uh, speed was a contributing factor in 26% of fatal crashes in 2019, just over a quarter, and a little bit older news. Maybe they missed on any crashes that involved the uh, the poor quality of the roads, maybe. <laughs> so since they don't want to actually admit the current dollar amount, we'll have to look at the history. The fixed narrow run and gorge speed camera was installed in 1998, and within months, police were hailing its success as the five-year average number of crashes dropped from three a month to several months with, uh, yeah, no crashes. Yeah, well, and by 2001, it was thought to be the country's busiest speeding camera, having snapped 19,739 speeding motorists in a single year. 
The camera was then upgraded in 2013. It could cover all six lanes, north and southbound. And within months, its haul of tickets had increased 46% to up to 1,200 photos a week. Yeah, um, there were 25 crashes in the Nowranga Gorge downhill lanes uh, during an eight-year period from 20, oh, actually 1997. On 1990 to 1997, including two deaths and four serious injury cases. Uh, but uh, it is understood there have been no more deaths from uh, speed-related crashes on the gorge um, since then. A uh, AA road safety spokesperson, Don Thompson, said the speed camera played a part in reducing crashes on the gorge. But since it was installed there, there's also been a median barrier installed and the speed limit's actually been reduced. Yeah, the Nowranga Gorge is steep grade mixed with the speed limit dropping from 100 kilometres an hour to 80 kilometres an hour were the main reasons for its consistent, consistently high ticket numbers, he, he reckoned. Um, adding, uh, you have to have your foot on the brake when you're going down the Nowranga Gorge just to stay on the speed limit. Uh, and, you know, you'd pretty much be um, smelling your brakes by the bottom. Last year, part of a lane on State Highway 5 between Napier and Taupo was closed to traffic for unexplained safety reasons, just 24 hours before the start of the highway's busiest week of the year. Uh, an advisory from the Government National Highways Management Agency of Waikikotahi just after 3.30am on Thursday stated that the southbound, southbound passing lane at the Tidiakura Saddle, approximately two kilometres south of uh, Waitara Road, will be closed for safety reasons during the Christmas New Year holiday period. Great timing, eh? No other details were given other than a 50 kilometre an hour speed, temporary speed limit is in, was in place. But a motorist had earlier in the day expressed concerns about loose seal in the area and that when it rained, it had become particularly slippery and dangerous. The Orient, a Titiokura saddle, is about 47 kilometres northwest by road from Napier. Yeah, uh, State Highway 5 issues campaigner Tony Alexander said the issue was raised by a motorist earlier in the day and it's reassuring that NZTA is now listening and responding to our members' complaints in a timely fashion. He did add, though, it is disappointing that the wrong contractors aren't picking up issues such as this. But I'm grateful that it's being treated seriously to avoid any major issues during the Christmas period. And, well, yeah, we have to agree. Yeah, the State Highway 5 Issues Facebook page he runs now has about 6,800 members. Now, Alexander says they are quick to send information, uh, which is passed to the NZTA. Uh, but now um, we're off to the UK, and the Telegram, is, is, as it has reported, a BMW factory worker was sacked for collecting sandwiches from his car without permission. Yeah, yeah, we've seen this in the paper. I'd have a look at it. One Mr. Ryan Parkinson uh, won his unfair dismissal case after arguing he didn't actually realise the car park was considered to be off-site. Yeah, Ryan Parkinson successfully sued his employer GI Group, a recruitment company which uh, provides temporary labour to the car maker's Oxford factory. Uh, yeah, he sued them for unfair dismissal after a supervisor claimed that he had left the site on two occasions without permission uh, starting in 2018. Well, Mr Parkinson, uh, who worked on the assembly line, argued that he had only gone to the car park to collect his sandwiches an area which he thought was part of the frickin' factory site, is normally the case. 
It was the second time that Mr. Parkinson had been sacked over claims he left the BMW factory, which actually produces the Mini. And yeah, he left without permission. Yeah, Mr. Parkinson was first sacked after his supervisor filed an incident report claiming that he disappeared during a Sunday overtime shift at around about 10 to 8 at night. Uh, and that was on the 17th of June, 2018. Been doing the night shift. Yeah. Well, the supervisor said Parkinson had not asked anyone for permission and that he returned at 8.45 with a meal from Burger King. They were confronted the assembly worker who then went home appearing upset. Yeah, three days later, Mr. Parkinson was interviewed about the incident. He said that he had left for Burger King after his team finished a particular job and began to discuss food saying everybody wanted a kebab, and basically I just wanted Burger King. He said that he then got on a scooter and went to the outlet. After he collected his mail, he sat in the car to eat it, and yeah, he did ring a colleague from there and ask him what was going on back at the factory. Yeah, the colleague replied that they were made to keep working through the break as the kebabs hadn't come yet. So after he heard that, he picked up the food and came inside looking for everybody. Yeah, on uh, the August the 23rd, Mr. Parkinson was signed off uh, work by his GP for work-related stress and anxiety. He continued to be signed off for a further period until February 2019. Uh, he, yeah, well, he eventually uh, returned to work, but was subject to another incident report over an uh, allegedly leaving the site without permission on May 13th, 2019. It was said that he had also left the site without permission again on May the 14th. Oh, he was immediately suspended again. Disciplinary hearing took place on May the 15th, 19, for the uh, earlier burgeoning incident, and Mr. Parkinson was sacked. However, this was a place of the final warning after he successfully appealed the decision in June. He returned to work again on July 8th, was immediately suspended again uh, for leaving the site in those uh, May 13th and 14th dates. Yeah, he was uh, then sacked again on the 25th of November, 2019, for gross misconduct. In his evidence, Mr. Parkinson said uh, these two trips were to the car park to collect his sandwiches during a break. He also maintained uh, the car park was part of the site. Normally they are. When the tribunal found there was genuine confusion in Mr. Parkinson's mind about what was on site or not, it was ruled that his dismissal over the two uh, main 2019 trips was procedurally and substantively unfair. However, uh, further claims of race discrimination, race-related harassment and victimisation were made by Mr. Parkinson against his employer. Uh, yeah, but they were actually dismissed. So, well, the moral story is make sure you check with the boss before buggering off for lunch. Having all the jobs that we've had, it's usually a designated break or, you know, check with the workmates, etc. So, well, yeah, what do you think? Uh, well, leave comments on our Facebook just search Grinding Gears, it's what it's there for. Yeah, yeah, but moving on to car-related crime in the US has risen significantly over the past two years. It's not just theft of catalytic converters either. New vehicles, especially ones manufactured by Hyundai and Kia, are being stolen too. Yeah, well, no, one dealership group has had enough. After amassing a backlog of more than 100 vehicles on its lot for theft and attempted theft-related repairs, the dealership made its own fix to prevent more from occurring. And now it's actually raking in the cash from a proprietary immobiliser system. Yeah, most modern cars have something called an immobiliser. Essentially, an immobiliser is a theft deterrent that ensures a vehicle will not start without a paired key in the ignition. 
um, where there are other methods of tricking the vehicle into thinking it has a paired key present, the immobiliser effectively prevents the vehicle from being hot-wired and driven away. Yeah, well, it turns out some base-trimmed uh, Hyundai and Kia vehicles simply do not have an immobiliser built in, which has made them a prime target for theft for groups like the Kia Boys. Yeah, you heard that right, Kia Boys. Uh, in fact, the lack of equipment makes the theft so simple they can be accomplished with just the USB cable. Yeah. The fix? Well, according to Hyundai, it's adding an anti-theft device uh, like the club. However, one dealership group in uh, St. Louis, Missouri, is an accepting the low-tech solution and developed its own immobiliser to sell online and install in vehicles and sells and services. Uh, one SunTrop automotive group built the VIS security device, and this is a $99 US immobiliser that requires a driver and a of an equipped vehicle just to push the button on a wireless key fob to start it. Now, one uh, SunTrop's device uh, isn't built from scratch. Instead, Automotive News says that it takes an existing product and wires it to fit most affected Hyundai and Kia vehicles. The product reportedly works on many different makes and models, though most brands already use an immobiliser in, yeah, in the new vehicles. Usually. SunTrop Service uh, Director Elliot Silk says that even if a thief were to rip the immobiliser out, it would require a technician to rewire the vehicle for it to start. Interestingly, many other existing products in the market do achieve similar results, although the wiring isn't quite as plug-and-play as SunTrop's solution. Yeah, in any case, it still won't protect vehicle owners from broken windows, ripped-out steering columns, busted locks, uh, something that caused a backlog of more than 100 Hyundai and Kia vehicles at SunTrop dealerships since thefts began to rise. Meanwhile, those looking for an OEM option will be happy to know that Hyundai is suddenly offering a security kit for evicted vehicles in partnership with CompuStar. But the kit is unpopularly priced at $170, and with 2.5 hours of labour quotas for installation, it quickly brings a job likely close to 500 Despite this kit, cities uh, and consumers have filed at least 15 lawsuits against the automaker over the theft. Yeah, and if you have a Hyundai or Kia car here in New Zealand and um, have a look to it, as you may not actually have immobilisers either, uh, I'm sure your insurance company will appreciate any confirmation, but considering the cost um, will probably be a wise investment. Mm-hmm. And hey, get a club lock too. They are really good. Tez will tie them up next, though, so hang on for a song.
Where my torture film Drive a GTO Wear a uniform A lot of government loan I'm worth a million prizes Yeah, I'm throwing sleeping on the sidewalk No more beating my brains No more beating my brains With liquor and drugs With liquor and drugs Well, I'm just a modern guy Of course I had it in the ear before Cause I've lost for life And Aaron. Right here on Grinding Gears, transmitting from Radio South, the 96 Point Tour and Coast Access Radio Capri. Tis the time again, and this week, a disgruntled owner actually blew up his Model S to avoid a $22,000 repair. Yeah, apparently a uh, modern problem requires a modern solution, if you can call it that. Uh, so when Tis the Model S owner, Teomas Ketanen, brought his uh, 2013 Tesla Model S to a shop with an error code, he was shocked to learn that the car required a $20,000 battery pack replacement. Well, uh, used uh, cars of this model year go for around forty grand with functional batteries, but Catani and uh, had no interest in recouping value. But he had an interest in telling a shop that he was going to blow the bloody thing up. Yeah, fortunately for him, uh, Finnish YouTube uh, Pomajacks uh, yeah, Pommage Jack. Yeah, I'm not really too sure. It's foreign road anyway. It looks like Pommy Jacket, but it's not. 
Uh, but, yeah. but this guy, anyway, specialises in blowing these things up. Uh, they wrapped his car in 30 kilograms of dynamite, and apparently uh, the amount necessary to destroy a mid-sized premium sedan. Plus, uh, they they um, actually let him do the honours uh, without asking questions like, are there non-explosive solutions to this problem? Nah. Well, Katinen did uh, remove some parts that still had value, like the original electric motors. There was good money, and others that were unsafe to blow up, including the actual no-useless original battery pack. But he left most of the car intact, enough to make it look good anyway. Yeah, it took just a simple push of a button and hours of prep time from a professional demolition team and a Finnish language YouTube channel for him to turn his once pristine Model S into, yeah, tiny pieces. Uh, was it a productive use of resources? Nope. Did he solve his original problem? Nope. But he told his shop that asked him to pay half the value of his car to keep it on the road that he would rather blow up the car instead and kept his word when he said it. <laughs> yeah, admirable, admirable may be the wrong word, but... There was something to respect about it, especially as a good middle finger to Elon Musk. <laughs> well, that's us for this week, though, so don't be a dick. Make it click. Proceeding podcast was brought to you by Radio Southland with the support of New Zealand on Air. Their funding of accessmedia.nz makes these podcasts available. To find similar programs by other stations involved, go online to accessmedia.nz. 